Good morning. It's lovely to be here. Lovely to have you guys in the room. Thanks for not reading the message or reading the message and ignoring it and coming. Uh, for those online in your, in your living rooms, in your, in your beds, welcome as well. We trust that the message translates just as powerfully outside of the room as it does in the room today and that God does what he is wanting to do. So that really, that video we just saw wasn't really about the Awaken event so much. It was really a, a clip that we did as a uh, really sort of the vision that we played on the day. But I'm going to show you a couple of photos just from last Saturday. So we hosted a meeting at Camp Orchards in Hillcrest. And some of the photos are just sort of going to loop on the screen behind us. We had an amazing Saturday. Angus Buckin came down as our guest speaker on the day. Obviously, he was a big draw card to have. But uh, we had an incredible time with... Um, some worship leaders that were up, we had uh, Andrew Kreef, who was up from Port Elizabeth, uh, Mark Cunahan, uh, who leads worship down at Grace Church and was part of a, a movement called Worship Central, and then Jane Chimudzi, who's a worship leader in, in Pinetown and really carries just such a, yeah, such a governmental authority, really, over the city and over the nation. And so, yeah, we had a, an amazing turnout, somewhere in the region of about 5,000 people, that's Francine's stepdad there, 90. He gave his life to Jesus last Saturday. Isn't that awesome, man? Eh? And that's, uh, yeah, that's just, uh, I've never seen an altar call like that before. I think, uh, I think everybody got born again again <laughs> at Awaken last Saturday. There were thousands of people up at the altar just uh, recommitting their lives um, to Jesus. That was just a couple of shots All right, so holy and pleasing is the message for today, and I'm just going to pray, and uh, really that God is wanting to do a specific thing in our, in our hearts today, so um, yeah, really open up your hearts. He's wanting to speak into your life specifically. That's why you're here. That's why we're all here. Uh, he's going to minister to me as well, um, and so really let's enjoy this time and allow the presence of God, the Spirit of God, to really do everything that He, that he wants to do. So, Father, we, we thank you so much for this, uh, this time this morning. We want to thank you for your goodness in our lives. We do, as callers really pray, we, we think uh, our hearts go out with compassion to those who've been affected, uh, again, because of these heavy rains and, and, and people living in vulnerable areas. We, yeah, Lord, our heart goes out, and we pray your protection and just your hand upon people at this time. And Father, we just uh, we thank you for the time and the season that you have us alive on the earth, and we thank you, Holy Spirit, that uh, you are leading us into all the truth and really pointing us to the fullness of what Jesus has won for us. And uh, we know that the earth is crying out, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. And so we thank you that we would take our place at this critical time in history, hear from you, and respond to you, and that your name would be glorified and that you would do what only you can do in and through our lives. And we thank you for these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. All right, so Cole started a series last week called Holy and Pleasing. And I'm really, I've got the privilege of sharing the second part of it here today. Gee, this chair's swiveling a little bit, huh? Um, maybe put a foot on the ground, keep it steady. But um, yeah, so it's a, it's a real, and, and we've taken uh, this uh, series out of a scripture. Um, uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Romans is an incredible book, and uh, Paul is the author of the book of Romans, and um, so really verse 1 in Romans speaks about the fact that 
in view of the mercies of God, you and I are to offer our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is our reasonable act of worship. And then it goes on to say in verse 2 that we are to conform no longer to the patterns of this world, but we are to be, to, to be transformed by the entire renewal of our minds so that we can see the good, the pleasing, and the perfect will of God. Okay, so as Cole kicked off last week, um, you know, he spoke about the fact that in order for us to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, really it's about, it's about being holy. And he said, you know, it wasn't, you know, God's not sort of sitting there with a big stick saying to us, be holy in a, in a sort of a way of like sort of chastising us to try and be these holy vessels. Uh, but he invites us to share and partake of his holiness. Um, and he, he invites us into this, uh, as, as I'm going to look today into the whole area of, of what it is to be pleasing to God and really going to focus around the fact that without faith, we cannot please God. And so again, faith is not like, well, guys, you need to be now walking by faith. Again, it's an invitation into this faith adventure that God has us alive on the earth for at this time. And really, when we, when we live in that way, uh, we please God. I want to so, uh, you know, right at the outset, put it out there that God is pleased with you. Okay, you are his son and his daughter. Um, he loves you. If you're not born again, there's going to be an opportunity to really open up your heart to Christ today. But, you know, in the same way that, that God spoke over Jesus' life, you are my beloved son, in you I am well pleased. That was before Jesus started his earthly ministry, you know, when he was baptized. And I want to encourage you, when God looks at you and he sees the blood of Jesus that covers you, he says he's well pleased with you. But now... He, 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 he brings us into this journey and this walk with Him. And in order for us to please God as we walk with God, we've got to walk by faith and not by sight. So you and I are three parts. Is that right? Okay. I am a spirit. I have a soul. And I live in a body. You got that? So you are a spirit. The real you is a spirit. Okay. You have a soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions, and you live in a body. That's what enables you to be on the earth. You have a body, I have a body. But the real us is a, is a spirit. I am a spirit. You know, in Genesis, it says that God breathed into mankind, and mankind became a living soul or a living being. One of the translations of the Bible says, and man became a talking spirit. Okay, so you and I are talking, we are living beings, or we are talking spirits. All right? We have a soul and we live in a body. I want to encourage you today. The enemy, the way he tries to control mankind is he tries to control mankind through the soul. Okay? The enemy wants your soul. And he works through that channel. So we know that the battle is in the mind. Okay? So the, 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 the enemy's battlefield, the battlefield is always the mind. The mind, the will, and the emotions. So the enemy looks to try and capture your soul and he is after the soul's of mankind, okay? He has no other plan on the earth other than to rob, kill, and destroy, and he wants the souls of mankind. God, on the other hand, has come that we might have life and life abundantly, and he is the one who connects with our spirits, okay? You are a talking spirit, okay? So God is spirit. His word is spirit, and it is life, and God connects with our spirit man. So we really got to understand that, that God is wanting to connect with us at a spirit level so that our spirits can teach our minds, okay? God's given us great minds, but if our minds are ruling our spirits, then we're in trouble. If our emotions are, 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 are ruling our spirits, we're in trouble. 
If our emotions, in other words, our feelings, and we up and down are ruling our spirits, then we're in trouble. Our spirits are the ones that are going to take over. And so we've got to be yielded. Ultimately, our spirit has got to be yielded to the spirit of God. Now, that's really, you know, for us to walk by faith and to be pleasing to God, we're going to have to learn to live by the spirit. Okay, we cannot live by the flesh. Okay, because we live by the flesh, we live in the natural realm, we cannot please God. And when Jesus was on the earth, we need to understand, we've been singing about Jesus this morning, everything in Scripture points to Jesus. It's all about Christ. Okay, Jesus was the full representation of who God our Father is. He came to fully represent God. If we want to know the heart of our Father, we look to Jesus. Okay, and now we live in the age of the Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is groaning within us jealously, longing for us to be clothed with every single thing that Jesus has won for us. Okay. When Jesus was on the earth, he chastised the Pharisees, and he said to them, guys, you search the Scriptures, and you search the Scriptures because you think that in the Scriptures you have life, but you refuse to come to me that you might actually truly live. And I want to encourage you today. You know, when we're talking about getting into the Word and allowing God, you know, Spirit to open us up, to, to the truth of God, when you search the Scriptures, always look for Christ, okay? Always look for Jesus. This is not about head knowledge. It's not about searching the Scriptures to try and get some more stuff in your, in your mind. This is about an intimacy with Christ. Get to know the heart of God through the person of Jesus Christ because that's, God has got these great and precious promises, and He wants us to be partakers of His divine nature on the earth, and those promises are looking to be released into our lives. But we've got to come to him and we've got to, we've got to find Christ. Okay? We've got to find the heart of what is behind, uh, behind every promise. So part of myself and Francine's journey with God uh, was that we heard the gospel for the first time in the nation of India. Okay? In a city called Calcutta. Has anybody here been to Calcutta, India? Okay. Some of our beloved students. Lovely. I took them there. Okay. Has anyone been to Calcutta? On your own, you know, out of your own choosing. No, okay, good. It's not a place people typically go to. But so we were, um, we were young. We'd uh, myself and Francine had met at Stellenbosch University and um, unsaved. But there was a spiritual hunger that I had in my heart, and we we went across to um, the Far East. And we worked in Thailand for a while, and we uh, were kayak instructors. And, um, and diving instructors on the island of Koh Phi Phi in Thailand. Tough job, eh? And uh, then we earned enough money on those islands to then travel around the whole of that sort of part of the world. And we ended up at the end of a 10-month trip in Calcutta, India. And we had Old Year's Night or New Year's Eve in, in Calcutta. So anyway, the day, Old Year's Day, the 31st of December, the year 2000, uh, myself and Francine, we went into St. Paul's Cathedral, uh, in India, in Calcutta, and then after that, we wanted to go and find Mother Teresa's ministry, her work, and where she operated from. To this day, I don't know why, because we've been back to Calcutta and been to visit that work many times, but on that day, we could not locate it. We walked around it. We were right in the right location, but we couldn't get into where she was and her work was. Anyway, on our way back to our guest house that evening, we pick up a little flyer on the pavement just outside, and it was a little A5 flyer on the pavement, and it said that tonight at the YMCA in Calcutta, there's a team from South Korea, and they're going to be, you know, performing. Everybody is welcome. 
So we were, you know, we didn't have, you know, plans. Uh, all Jewish night, we were going to go out and have a meal and a couple of beers later. So we thought, well, let's go to the YMCA first. So that evening we go in, and we go in, and the South Korean team is performing, and there's probably 200 people in this YMCA in Calcutta. And at the end of this performance, there's a guy who gets up from the back, and he comes to the front, and he starts to share the gospel. France, my wife, France, taps me on the leg. She says, Scott, I recognize that man. I said, my love, we're sitting in Calcutta. It's a city of over 30 million people. We're sitting in a country of over a billion people in India. What are the chances? She says, I'll never forget a face. I know that I know that man. Anyway, we went to go and chat to him afterwards, and he was busy, and he, he couldn't really attend to us, so he said he would come and visit us at our guest house the next day. Well, you know, we were, we'd been in India for, for six weeks, and we'd heard a lot of stories in India over that six weeks. So when this guy said he'd come and see us the next day in our guest house, we were a little skeptical about whether that would actually take place. Well, the next day, uh, a knock on our, on our door, and the owner of the guest house says, there's a gentleman wanting to see you in the living room. We went through, we had a chat with him, and he started to just share his heart. And in sharing, we worked out that um, he had spent two months in Stellenbosch in South Africa sharing, and he was there for, for a time of sabbatical, a time of rest, and the one night he'd been invited to speak at a, at a Presbyterian church in Stellenbosch, and France had been invited by a friend to go to that Presbyterian church that night in Stellenbosch, and she'd heard this man preaching. He wasn't due to be preaching that night in Calcutta. He was there visiting his sister. He was only in the city for two days. And at the last minute, the guy who was meant to speak got sick, and he stepped in uh, to speak uh, in this guy's place. So just the way God had sort of orchestrated this whole thing and really spoken to our hearts. And our hearts really were, were burning as we heard the gospel preached for the first time. There was something within us. When I say my, our hearts, our spirits were burning as we heard the gospel preached really for the first time in India. Take the story a little bit uh, sort of forward a few years. And so Peter Pollock, who was a great South African fast bowler, you know Peter Pollock. Peter Pollock was now preaching at St. Paul's Cathedral in Calcutta, the same church that we'd gone into that day, this beautiful, beautiful old cathedral. And anyway, he came out of there and he said he felt quite empty, pretty much the same emptiness that we felt when we were in St. Paul's Cathedral that day. Great structure, but no life. And we came out of, he came out of St. Paul's Cathedral that day, and he said he wanted to go and visit Mother Teresa's work. It was a very similar sort of story. And he goes up, the, the people that he was with and who'd invited him to preach, take him up the stairs. And we know those stairs going up, and her little, little um, timber bed that she had in her room, and the little one bedside table that she had. And, she, and he came up the stairs. He was uninvited. But she'd been praying, as she always did, for hours every day in the morning. And she said, you're from Africa, aren't you? As Peter Pollock came into her room. And, 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 and he said, how did you know? And she said, God told me you were coming. And then she looked at Peter and she said, Peter. Well, she didn't say Peter. She didn't know his name. But she said, you will never know that Jesus is all that you need until Jesus is all that you've got. She said nothing else. He was unable to say anything else. And he turned and he went, and he realized that that was the reason he'd been in Calcutta that day, just to hear from her simply just speaking to him. And I want to encourage you today, encourage me today, challenge us today. You and I will never know that Jesus Christ is all that we need until Jesus Christ is all that we've got. You will never know that his word is all that you need until his word is 
is all that you've got. I want to encourage you, we're living in a time where darkness is covering the earth. Thick darkness is covering the people. And God is speaking to us as his people and saying, arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. God is raising up a people that would shine his light and his glory and carry his glory into every broken, dark place. You and I are that people. Don't look around for plan B. You and I are the plan. But we'll never know that Jesus is all that we need until he's all that we've got. I want to so encourage you, don't try and work out in your mind what that might mean. He's all that you've got. Just yield and surrender. Cole spoke last week about that river. Ezekiel 47, you know, the, the river that moves out from the temple of God. I want to encourage you, as that river goes, what happens is the further it goes from the actual temple, the deeper the river gets. And we know that picture as God was speaking to Ezekiel that day, and he takes Ezekiel through the river, and it's firstly ankle deep, the water, and then it gets to knee deep, and then it gets to waist deep, and then it becomes a river that he cannot cross, and he has to swim in it. And it says that as he swims in it, what happens is that river, and then he takes, he's swimming in that river, and then God takes Ezekiel in this vision again onto the bank of the river. And, and, and there's, on either side of the river, there's trees, and there's such fruitfulness in the trees. And the, it says that the, the, the fruit is for, you know, for the, for the people, and the, tr- and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. And there's this beautiful picture of healing and wholeness, and, and just wherever the river goes, there is life. And I want to encourage you, you know, you and I are temples of the Holy Spirit. So the more that you and I get and and yield to the Spirit of God working in our lives, we become that conduit of the life of God flowing on the earth. Okay, so really, as we get in and we're swimming in that river, it's no longer us controlling what happens, but we yield it to God. Wherever we go, there's going to be living waters that are going to flow from the inside of us. I want to encourage you. That's really, when Jesus, you know, got up on the... On that, on, that, on that feast in Jerusalem on that day, he said, those of you come to me and drink, and out of your innermost being are going to flow rivers of living water. That is really what God's wanting to see, that out of the temple, you and I as the temple of God, rivers of living water are going to flow to nourish, to nourish the nations. I think one of the people that I want to most meet when I get to heaven is Mary, the mother of Jesus. I think I really want to meet her. We've got some young girls here today. You know that Mary was about 15 or 16 when the angel Gabriel came and spoke to her and said that you're going to be with child? And she said, How, how's that possible? I don't know a man. And the, the angel said to her, well, the, the Holy Spirit is going to overshadow you. And uh, it's going to be a supernatural conception that takes place. And, um, and, there was this, and, and, and Mary's response to the angel that day was after, after he'd explained to her what was going to happen, was, well, I'm the maidservant of God. Let it be to me according to your word. Isn't that awesome? Let it be to me according to your word. In other words, I, I want to, I you've said it, I believe it, let it be to me. And then a beautiful picture, you know, as Mary goes, and she goes and visits um, her, her um, cousin Elizabeth, and Elizabeth is pregnant with John the Baptist. And as Mary goes in to see Elizabeth, the baby that's in, in, in Elizabeth's womb does a, does a whole wild thing in her stomach. And there's a prophetic, you know, John the Baptist is prophesying already from the womb, I think. And, um, 
And Elizabeth prophesies and she says, you know, the, the, how, how blessed I am that the mother of my Lord should come and visit me. And, and how, you know, how precious it is because you have believed that what God said would take place. You have believed that what God said would take place. Well, God is looking for people in these days who would believe that what he says will take place. What he says will take place. I want to encourage you, if God has said it, and really God is calling us to draw a sign at this time. There's so much, you know, this darkness that is covering the earth. Mary, it says, you know, when, when the angel spoke to her like that, it says that Mary had to ponder these things in her heart. Not in her mind. Her heart was her spirit. She had to ponder these things in her spirit man. And her spirit man taught her truth. The same things today. As you spend time in the presence of God, what's going to happen is, is the spirit of God is going to teach you things in your spirit man. You're going to ponder these things, not in your mind, but in your spirit. And what happens is you start to ponder the truth of God in your spirit, your spirit starts to grow. And you become convicted of what God has said. And when you become convicted of what God has said, nobody can move you. Okay? Nobody can move you because the Word of God teaches, let every man be a liar and let God be true. So it doesn't really matter what everybody else is saying. If God has shown you what His truth is, it's settled on the inside. And God is really calling a people at this time to be settled on the inside that what He has said is truth. And there's something that, that happens on the inside. I want to encourage you. You know, those early disciples in the book of Acts, it says that they were, you know, the, the guys were pulled. You know, they were, they were, they were whipped for their faith. Um, they were beaten. They went out saying, you know, they counted it all joy to, to, you know, that they would be beaten for their faith. And, you know, they were, they were pull, pulled in front of the, the Pharisees of the day. And it says that when the people saw that these were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled at their boldness, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. I want to so encourage you. What's going to set the, the, the true church apart at this time is a people who've been with Jesus. And what's going, to, what's, going to, what's going to come out of that true church is a supernatural boldness, is a people who know their God are going to be strong on the earth and are going to do great exploits. Let me tell you, Jesus Christ is not coming back to get a limping church that is just holding on and surviving. He's coming back for a victorious bride who has every enemy of Christ under its feet. That's who Jesus Christ is coming back for. He's coming to rule and to reign with his church on the earth for a thousand-year reign. And he's coming soon. And I want to encourage you. He's calling us into this place. But I want to encourage you. you know, there's been so many voices that we've been hearing out there. Isaiah the prophet says, in Isaiah chapter 30, verse 15, in returning and in rest is your salvation. And in quietness and in trust, that is where your strength will come from. I want to so encourage you, in returning and rest is our salvation. We might have got saved once when we gave our lives to Christ. But every day, you and I should be getting saved because we're becoming more and more like Christ. We're appropriating more and more of his life. We're walking in more and more of the fullness of his promises. I want to so encourage you day by day, week by week, month by month. It's from faith to faith. It's from glory to glory. The glory, the glory of God is going to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. It's not going to come out of just out of heaven. It's going to come through 
our lives. It's going to come out of our spirits. It's going to, the kingdom of God is on the inside of us. It's going to manifest from within us as we, as we appropriate everything that Christ has won for us. We've got to carry his presence in these days. We've got to get used to what it is to hear his voice and respond only to his voice. I want to encourage you today. I believe there's been a lot of us who've been responding to a whole lot of different voices that have been out there. Fear is the antidote of faith. Fear, I love that little acronym, F-E-A-R. False evidence appearing real. Always remember that, fear. False evidence appearing real. The enemy is a liar. He's the father of all lies. He's been lying from the beginning, and he'll be lying to the end. Okay. God is a good God. I want to encourage you. Perfect love will cast out all fear. And I want to encourage you into this adventure of faith and this journey of faith that God is leading us into, to walk by faith and not by sight. The enemy fears a people on the earth walking by faith. And so fear is what he uses to try to keep us in a place. So many of you may have had opportunities where you started to step out into something and that fear and that intimidation comes. I want to encourage you, keep walking by faith and not by sight. Trust God with all of your heart. Do not lean onto your own human understanding. Acknowledge him in all of your ways and he'll make your path straight. We're coming into a time where I think as the church we've been We've been speaking out, we're quite good as the church to speak out these Christian platitudes. And we're quite familiar with just, you know, speaking about the word. I want to encourage you, God is calling us to speak less and, and to hear more. And then out of us hearing, what's going to happen is we're not going to speak so much, but there's going to be a voice that starts to come out. And it's a voice, because God is in the same way that John the Baptist, we spoke about John the Baptist just now, John the Baptist was raised up as a voice of one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. He, he, was, he, was, a, he was there sent to, to usher in the first coming of Christ. So what God is doing on the earth now is he's raising up a voice to usher in the second coming of Christ. Okay, it's the same thing. The enemy always knows and tries to go ahead because he tries to stop what God, has, what, what God has planned. Why do you think we've gone into this whole time of COVID? Why do you think we've had, these, we've had our mouths our mouths muzzled by a mask for three years or two years. It was the enemy wants to try and shut down the voice. But really, what God's done is he started to build within people a conviction on the inside. As people start to declare what, what God is whispering to you in, the, in, your, in those inner sanctuaries, you and I are going to start to declare that from the rooftops. Okay, but it's the people who've heard from God, the people who know their God are going to be strong and are going to do great exploits in these end times. I want to so encourage you. God is looking to, to release those rivers of living water at this time. He's calling us into this great journey of faith. Without faith, we truly cannot please God. He who comes to God must believe that God is. And that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He is. He is the great I am. He is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask, think, or imagine. I want to so encourage you, don't let your theology any longer be built on your experience. Let your theology be built on his presence. Don't let your theology any longer be built on your experience. 
Let your theology be built on his presence, his word, and what you hear in the presence of God. Okay, God is wanting to tell you some things in these days. He's wanting to, he, those who fear God, he shares his secrets with those people. God is wanting to share his secrets with you. But you know, one thing I've come to know about God is he's not going to share any secrets with us unless we're actually in a place where we're going to, we're going to follow through on what he's showing us. Okay, because he's not wasteful with his revelation. He doesn't waste, he doesn't give pearls to swine. <laughs> okay, so he's going to entrust his secrets to those who are going to do something with his secrets, with those that are going to follow through on what he's telling us. Okay, so I want to encourage you. If you're in that place and you wanted to, you wanted to know the secrets of God, God's wanting to entrust them to you. But he's, wanting, he's shaping our hearts because we want to make sure that we're going to be a people that actually do what he tells us to do. When Mary, Jesus' mother again, I imagine, we're getting back to Mary today at that first miracle and at that wedding feast of Cana of Galilee. And there Mary is at that wedding feast and they run out of wine. And uh, Jesus says to his mom, you know, mom, this is, what, you know, what's, what's that problem got to do with me? And uh, I, I imagine Mary must have given him one of those mom looks. Because the next line in Scripture, it says that Mary then says to the disciples, look, whatever he tells you to do, you do it. <laughs> so in other words, he got the look from the mom, <laughs> and he was going to get into action. Okay, this, okay, this is my time. <laughs> and, um, but it was an amazing thing. I want to encourage you today. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. That's what faith is. Faith is hearing God and is doing what he's told you to do. It's not, it's not, it's not complicated. Go and have a look at Hebrews 11, that great hall of chapter of faith. Noah, by faith, built an ark. <laughs> Moses' parents, by faith, didn't, um, didn't kill him, but it kept him alive. And, and, you know what I mean? Daniel, by faith, had the, the mouths of those lions closed, closed. By faith, people did great things. I want to encourage you. By faith, the, the, the book of Acts is meant to be an, an an ongoing book is being written of what you and I do by faith and not by sight. And the beautiful thing that happens as, as we walk by faith is we're able to say, as Paul did, come and follow me as I'm following Christ. Come and imitate me as I'm imitating Christ. You, we got to, you know, you and I can only give what we have. You know, with your, your, your kids, as parents raising kids, our kids don't really hear us. They hear our lives. They hear what it is that we're actually doing. And, and, and they're wanting genuine, they're wanting the real thing. They're wanting authenticity. They're wanting something that they can follow. And you and I cannot be saying to our kids, come and follow me as I once followed Christ. It's got to be fresh. It's got to be living. It's got to be daily. It's got to be a faith journey. We live by faith. We do not live by sight. I want to encourage you at this time. There's a, there's a world that is, that is really crying out that the sons of God would be manifest. You and I are on the earth for such a time as this. God has got his best troops on the earth at this time. You have everything you need given to you already for life and for godliness. God has purposed your life. He's ordained it. He's got you on the, on the earth at this time. I want to encourage the older generals or the older people in the faith if you are not dead yet, you are not done yet. God has so much more for you to do, and this younger generation needs the older generation. 
Okay. They need the wisdom. They need the strength. But they need a youthfulness in your spirit. If you've got old and crotchety, if you're walking by natural sight and not by faith, nobody's going to follow you. Nobody's going to follow you. I want to encourage you. You've got to be in a place where you can say to a younger person, say to the next generation, follow me as I'm following Christ. As I, I haven't got it all right, but I'm, I'm on the journey. I'm hearing from him. I'm stepping out. I'm, I'm moving. I'm, I'm, I'm responding to what it is that he is saying. There's something so attractive about somebody who's on the journey. You know, as we, as we see this lawlessness on the earth, and there's so much of it and so much brokenness, it's easy for our hearts to get callous and for our hearts to get hard and, and cynical. Um, and, it, and it speaks about that in Scripture. You know, Jesus says that in the end times, because of the increase of lawlessness, the hearts of most are going to grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And so really, what, for us to endure to the end, we've got to fight against our hearts getting cold, and we've got to fight against our hearts being soft. The only way to keep your heart soft is in the presence of Christ. It's the only place. Those who dwell in the secret place of the Most High are going to know what it is to carry the presence of God. They're going to hear the whispers of God. They're going to, they're going to walk with God. You and I are called to walk with God. We're called to talk like God. We're called to be the imitation of Jesus Christ on the earth. Jesus has raised up a bride. You and I are that bride that he's getting ready for his return, his soon and coming return. I want to encourage you. There is, there is so much that God is wanting to do in and through our lives. And we're in a season. We're in a season. And maybe La and, and Mike, you guys can come up. We're in a season of supernatural acceleration. We're in a season of supernatural acceleration and multiplication of all that God is wanting to do. He is able to turn things in a day. He's able to turn your morning into dancing. He's able to open up doors that you never thought could open. But I want to encourage you. It's in returning and rest. You've got to come back to him. You've got to come back with a soft heart. You've got to leave the, 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 the cynical thoughts, the critical thoughts, the, you know, the theology that you've maybe built up because of your own experience. You've got to leave that to one side. You've got to come back in a childlike way, not a childish way, a childlike way, and receive from him at this time. I want to, I want to encourage you. Imagine how Mary must have had to keep receiving from the Holy Spirit, the mother of Jesus. You know, and just, uh, you know, she was there in that upper room on that day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was poured out, ready to receive with the rest of that 120 believers at that time. Imagine, you know, maybe she thought she had some special privileges. She carried Jesus in her womb. But she was there hungry for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, hungry to, to want to just, to want to be filled with everything that God had wanted to fill her with. I want to encourage you, there's a hunger. We've got to go after God. And part of us, the whole awakened movement and the awakened meeting we had last weekend was really believe we've had such a passivity on the earth and God is wanting to awaken his people. Both awaken those who've never got born again, but really to awaken a sleeping church to the mandate and the time and history in which we're living. I want to so encourage you, God loves you. He's got a mighty plan in your life. He's got you uh, at this time in history for a specific reason. But if you've been chasing natural things, material things, and you wonder why you got cynical and you're wondering why things don't really seem to be working out and you're weary and you're tired. You've got to come back to the river of the presence of God. You've got to get into His river. 
you and I were created for God. We weren't created for ourselves. We were created for His purpose. We were created to fulfill His plan, His destiny, His mandate. You will never, ever, ever find fulfillment outside of Jesus Christ. It's impossible. It's impossible to find genuine fulfillment outside of Jesus. You might be happy, think you've got it in a season for a little while, but outside of Jesus Christ, nothing can truly satisfy us. He is the beginning and the end. He is our all in all. He is the one who, who strengthens us. We're gonna, there's a song that, that Law and Mike are going to sing now. It's called Healing Rain. Uncle W. Smith uh, do the song. And as, as that song plays, we, I'm going to just to minister a little bit this morning and really believe that there's, there's a time to just to get into, just to return to God. I want to encourage you, you know, and, and not in your minds, not in your, just allow your spirits, allow there to be an impartation today and settle some things in your heart. Just let Jesus know that you are, that you're coming, that you're coming home, that you're returning to him, that there's a, that there's a cry in your hearts for more of him. I wanted to ask earlier and maybe with your eyes closed it's not a it's not a it's not a mental question to your minds it's really just in your spirits but would you you know because it's would you want to invite somebody into the life that you are currently living today would you want to invite somebody into your life and I want to encourage you you know because it speaks about we we should want to do that because it says that the kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost in the Holy Spirit 
And so you and I should, should want to invite people into the life that we're currently living. Not because we're perfect or got it all right, but because His righteousness and His peace and His joy is our portion. It's an overflowing life. It's a life that is full of joy. It's a life of His shalom, His peace, which means nothing broken, nothing lost. His righteousness. And if you're not in that place, it's not a condemnation thing, but it's, to, it's just, just get into that river because that what, that's what brings us to a place of saying, yes, I want to invite you into, into the sort of life that I'm living. Because that life is eternal life. It's a life full of God. This morning, you know, David Oyedipo, pastor's incredible church in Nigeria, says that the voice of God is the stronghold of faith. The voice of God is the stronghold of faith. You've got to hear the voice of God. His sheep hear His voice. I want to encourage you. God is speaking all the time, and we just got to tune into His frequency. And that's in His presence. In the presence of God, we tune into the frequency of God. We hear what it is that He's saying. That is the stronghold of faith. As God then says it, and we respond. I'm going to invite you as, as La and, 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 and Mike sing that chorus again and that bridge. Maybe just stand this morning because sometimes we can sit and we stay a little passive, but stand this morning as a declaration of wanting to get into that river of the presence of God, of wanting to be filled with God and of wanting to, to know Him more that you might reveal Him more on the earth. Why don't you stand? If you're in that place this morning,